0: Well, it is always a wonderful day, a wonderful morning when we get to celebrate baptisms and we've been fortunate to do that quite a few times in this past year, whether it be here in the church or out at the pond or wherever, it's, it's always a blessing to, uh, to be a part of people making that decision to be followers of Jesus Christ. Well, as Kim said, welcome to the second Sunday of Advent, our Our theme during this season of Advent leading up to Christmas is How Will We Know? And uh, retired pastor here in the community, Leroy Allison, was here last Sunday and got us off to a good start um, with the message that he brought. Ron and I were actually driving on our way home from Texas uh, last Sunday morning, and we actually watched or listened. I listened, I didn't watch, I was driving. Rhonda watched, I listened, um, to the service last week. And, you know, Leroy was talking about uh, patience and waiting and, and so on. And it wasn't but less than an hour later, we were sitting in stalled traffic in St. Louis because of an accident that had happened. And uh, I just thought how fitting it was to, to be sitting there practicing patience in the mid- middle of traffic and just had to think about all the times in life whether it be in traffic or other places, that we need to practice that patience and waiting. This morning we're looking at what we are doing while we are waiting for the return of our Savior Jesus Christ. So uh, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. This is a fitting passage for us to be looking at this morning because we've witnessed baptisms. And this is the account of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Something that was prophesied some 600 years earlier in that passage that we just heard read from Isaiah 40. And here it is. John the Baptist is the voice in the wilderness that prepares the way for the Messiah, Jesus Christ, God's Son. And so this is Mark's account of it. We'll be reading the first 11 verses. It says, In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of Mark is... A gospel that most biblical scholars believe was written first among the four gospels in the New Testament of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One interesting side note to that is that of those other three gospels, um, all the verses of Mark are quoted in those three gospels except 31 of those verses, uh, except 31 of the ones in Mark. So that's really an amazing thing if, if you think about it. And Mark's version, if you read the book of Mark or the gospel of Mark, Mark gives us the short version and doesn't really elaborate too much on the details. You know, in football, as they come down to the last, they often have that hurry-up offense where they don't gather, gather in the huddle. They just go to the line and, and they get on with it, you know, to try to beat the clock. That's kind of how you feel Mark's gospel was written. Not that he rushed it or didn't care, but you could say he just gets to the point and doesn't beat around the bush. We've heard that quote verse, we've heard that said before. Mark was not one of the first 12 disciples, but he was an important part of the early church. He um, accompanied Paul on his first missionary journey. And he is most likely writing this gospel, or this letter may have been during that time, to the church in Rome. So in this Advent season, it's always interesting, you know, that these verses in Mark and the prophecy of Isaiah are included. Almost every Advent season, they are included as we lead up to Christmas. And so why is that? Why are they always included? Well... Christmas, of course, is about the birth of Jesus. And yet, here in these first verses of Mark, Jesus is already 30 years old. Mark skips over that whole Christmas story that we're going to celebrate later this month. Jesus is already 30 when when these verses begin. Of course, Matthew and Luke... Cover it well. And that's usually the verses we hear from around Christmas. But here is the reason I think that um, this is a part of our Advent Scripture texts. John the Baptist, while waiting for Jesus to start his ministry, is making himself useful for God's kingdom. He is preparing the way. He is baptizing believers there at the Jordan. And he's preaching about the importance of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Last Sunday, we heard about that period of waiting. And you know, in the Old Testament, they waited for Jesus the Messiah to come. 100, 200, 300, 400, It was more than 600 years from those prophecies that they waited. Then he came to earth, of course, through the miraculous virgin birth to Mary in a humble stable or cave there in Bethlehem. That's the story that's yet to come later this month. But what did those prophets, what did all of the people... And the religious leaders and and everybody, what did they do while they waited all of that time? More importantly, for us today, what are we doing while we are waiting for the promised return of Jesus? The second coming of Jesus. Because in Mark 13, some chapters later here, Jesus says this. He says, at that time, people will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. What a day that is going to be. And we look forward to that day. We anticipate that day. But we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know if it will even happen while we are still living here on this earth. But we know that we need to be watching and we need to be ready. Jesus also talks about that a few verses later in Mark 13. But what are we to be about? What are we to be doing here while we wait? As we look at the life of John the Baptist here this morning in Mark 1, we see a man who is a voice calling out to the people. We see a man who is preparing the way for Jesus. And we see a man who is talking to people about repentance, confession, and ultimately the grace of Jesus will come to save them. He's making himself useful for the kingdom of God while he waits for Jesus to appear there at the Jordan River. As we heard, his useful ministry led to the baptism of Jesus and, of course, the beginning of Jesus's ministry in Galilee and Judea. But what about us? You know, as baptized believers and as as followers of Jesus, how can we be useful while we wait for his second coming? Or just as we live our lives in this world as followers of Jesus. We're going to look at five ways that we can allow ourselves to be used by God or be useful in spreading the love of God, which we sang about this morning and the good news of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, Paul says this He says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, it's always important for, for people to have purpose in life. And as a follower of Jesus, our purpose is to realize the good that God has prepared for us to share. And then to do it or share it when God puts those opportunities in front of us. And, you know, God does have a purpose for you and for me. That's really the first step. It's recognizing God's purpose. You are a unique creation designed by God for a specific purpose. You know, we've all heard that there are no two people in this world who share the exact same DNA. And that just blows your mind. It's amazing to think about that. Um, That is how amazing God's creation is. But... You could also say that no two people are exactly the same on the outside either, or in personality. I mean, even identical twins are not exactly identical. There's always something. We just went through our spiritual gifts uh, weekend here at at church to discover what our spiritual gifts are, and... um, I worked on that list this past week. You know, everybody turned theirs in, and I worked on that list. It's amazing how many of you have similar gifts. And John Nisley, when he was here leading us through that, he actually mentioned that that weekend. He said some 80% of people will fall into the category of mercy and helps and giving, those spiritual gift categories. And God gives everyone different opportunities. God gives someone that's sitting next to you or in front of you or back to you, they're going to have different opportunities this next week than what you have in order to share uh, the love of God or the good news of Jesus. Uh, But so, you know, God has a purpose for you individually. And so finding what that purpose is And bringing it to life is what gives us energy as we walk the daily walk in this world for Jesus. The Lord has blessed us with many talents, skills, resources, and gifts. But it's not for our selfish gain. It is for the greater good of God's kingdom. Think about that this week. What purpose has the Lord placed on your life, and how can you be useful in fulfilling that purpose for his kingdom? Next is understanding our call to service. Jesus, of course, is our ultimate example of this. He stooped down to wash the disciples' feet during the last supper that he had with them, and he said, "'Go and do likewise.'" Now, you know, was he saying to go out and wash people's feet when he said that? No, not literally. Was he saying to go out and, uh, you know, serve other people? Yes, that's exactly what he was saying. In his name, we are to go out and serve other people. Jesus said that he came to serve not to be served. And so he calls us, as his followers and believers, to have that same attitude, that same life of service. As followers of Christ, we are called to emulate his selfless and his sacrificial love through acts of service to others. And the reason that we need to understand that is because our flesh... Is more interested in me often than it is them. We have to tune our heart to the way of Jesus to realize that in his call to service, it is them that we need to be looking out for. And that's very countercultural these days, you know? The ways of Jesus and the calls of Jesus often are that way in our lives, counter-cultural. His kingdom ways are often upside down from what we see in the world. So take time this week and pray and ask the Lord what area of service He is calling you to, whether it be in this church, whether it be in this community, or anywhere in the world. What person or family Is Jesus calling you to help or to serve? A third way that we can allow ourselves to be useful to God is just to be attentive and to make ourselves aware of the needs of others. You know, subscribe to some emails that might make you aware of those things. You know, there are some emails I get in my inbox that some people would consider spam or trash. But I don't ever mark them as spam or trash because it might be making me aware of something in the world that's going on that I need to be aware of or that I need to be attuned to. Get things in your mailbox. We call it snail mail these days, but... Get things that come to your mailbox that make you aware of some of those things. One magazine that comes to our mailbox each month is The Voice of the Martyrs magazine. And that's something we don't hear or talk about much. You know, persecuted Christians around the world. But when that magazine comes to our mailbox each month, it's right there in front of me. Yes, people are dying and being persecuted for their faith. Each and every day in our world. <clears throat> Mennonite Central Committee, Mennonite Disaster Service, World Vision, Compassion International, Samaritan's Purse. All of those mission organizations there are so many more, of course. But all of those mission organizations have a way of making us aware of what those needs are. So the next step is, you know, not just ignoring those needs, but trying to help. Trying to make a difference. And do something about them. And it doesn't, of course, always have to be through emails or mailings. It doesn't have to only be uh, someone in another country that needs help. Because each day there are people that, that we run across that have needs. Whether it be at your work, your school, in the community. And so we need to ask ourselves... Are we being as attentive as we need to be to those needs and to those opportunities? I'm reminded of Jesus' words in Matthew 25 where he said, Whatever you did for the least of these, what did he say? You did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. The next one, number four, connects somewhat with The first one, you find your purpose through the things that God places in your heart and the gifts and talents that he gives you to fulfill those purposes. But how do we use them and what attitude do we fulfill those purposes? You know, is it for God's glory and for sharing the good news of Jesus and the salvation of souls? Or is it so we can look good? And feel better about ourselves. Our life group Bible study this past week talked about this as we were looking and we were studying Romans chapter 2. And we, we were talking about all this, you know, do we serve with the right heart attitude when we serve? Or do we sometimes serve so that people can see all of the good that we're doing and say good things about us? I would venture to say that even the most humble of servants struggles with that sometimes. I mean, our flesh wants us to make it about ourselves. While Jesus wants us to make it about bringing glory to God. So think about that uh, maybe in relation to an orchestra. You know, all the people at the end of an orchestra, they get this standing ovation... For their performance. And yet, without the instruments in their hands, they wouldn't have been able to produce such beautiful music. We are the instruments that Jesus uses in this world to bring glory to God. We, the instruments, are not about the recognition. We are to point our reason for serving to the God we serve. I like the tagline that Mennonite Central Committee uses because I think it keeps, helps to keep that in perspective. Under the MCC name, it says, relief, development, and peace in the name of Christ. We serve in the name of Christ, not for our own glory or for the applause of others. And so as we set out to be useful for Jesus in the days ahead, let's remember that. It's about Him. It's about the person or people we are helping. It's not about us. It might make us feel good to help others, and that's okay. You know, we should feel good inside when we help someone in the name of Jesus. But it shouldn't be about seeking the praise of others. I think of James 4, verse 10, where it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord... And he will lift you up. The fifth way that we can be useful for the Lord is to serve, give, and work with joy in our hearts. You've probably heard the saying before, attitude is everything. And that is true, especially when serving the Lord. If we're going to put all of these things into practice, we need to do them with joy in our heart... And not view them as some kind of busy work or just all of these tasks that we have to accomplish. God has gifted you with those gifts. God has gifted you with those talents and those callings because you are a valuable servant in his kingdom. In Luke 12, verse 48, Jesus said this He said, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. If you are busy in the work of the Lord, it's probably because you have made yourself available and the Lord can use that availability to be a blessing for his kingdom. I'm not saying, of course, that we should always say yes to everything, but I do think we should pray over it sincerely and we should allow, allow the Holy Spirit to lead our answer instead of letting our flesh tell us how we should respond. In 2 Corinthians 15 verse 58 it says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, don't be overwhelmed by the work of the Lord. Instead, find joy in it. Find joy in serving others. Be joyful when giving money and resources to the Lord's work. View your job, your work, and your calling as from the Lord and not just as a way to pay the bills and do fun things. Time is another thing. I think I should touch on time here. I mean, if you, if you think you don't have enough time to do something that Jesus is calling you to do, think about how you're spending your time. We live in a 24-hour media-saturated culture these days. You know, first it was TV, then it was video games, and then came the internet, and Netflix, and Prime, and all that. And then our smartphones, something that hardly ever leaves our side. I think we could probably find the time if we tried hard enough. I saw a funny meme this week that was funny, but maybe not so funny. One of those, you know. (laughs) It said this. It said, last night our Wi-Fi stopped working, so I spent a few hours with my family. They seem like good people. (laughs) We get the hint, right? We get the hint of what that's saying. Brett McCracken uh, book that I'm reading says that there are three habits that are making us sick these days. Eating too much, eating too fast, and eating only what tastes good to me. Now, of course, those hold true for our eating habits. But then he shared that he wasn't talking about eating habits. He was talking about our media habits. We consume too much of it. We take in We take it in too fast, and we only tune in to what we like. There's truth in that. With all that said, it also gives us less time to serve the Lord. And if we feel stressed and busy, we can often lose joy in serving. Our scripture text today is about a man in John the Baptist who prepared the way for the man in Jesus Christ. God's son, to come and show us how to live. He died on a cross to save us, and he rose from the dead in order to defeat death once and for all. It's said that John prepared the way for the Lord to come and made straight paths for him. And that's what we're called to do in 2023 and 2024 that's just ahead of us. To prepare our world for the second coming of Jesus and share his good news with a world that is in need of some good news. Good news that can change their life. God wants us to be useful as we live out our days on this journey of life. Jesus wants us to share the good news, to love others, to serve others, and to bless others In his name. And that's how we become useful for Jesus. That's what we are to be about. As we wait for Jesus to come. As we make our way um, towards Christmas. And we celebrate Jesus coming to save us. We wait now for his return to take us home. How will we know when that will be? As I said we don't. And we won't. But we do know that Jesus calls us to be about these things until the day he arrives. And we are called to live for Jesus, live for others, and serve those whom the Lord places in our path each and every day. We are called to be useful for Jesus and for the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would prepare us to be that sanctuary For other people, let's stand together, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then after that, we're going to sing that song, "Sanctuary," and then have a closing prayer for our meal that we're going to share together today. Lord, we come before you this morning, and we know that sometimes we get caught up in ourselves, and we forget why we are really here—the purpose that you have placed on our lives. We forget what you have called us to do amongst all the other distractions that are in this world. And Lord, for each person here, it might be a different distraction that that is working in their life. I pray, Lord, that you would point that out to each one of us. Help us to know what we need to change, what we need to do in order to be better servants of you and to serve other people in your name and for your glory. So, Lord, I pray that you would just... Prepare us to be a sanctuary for those in need, those people that will, you will put in our path in these weeks ahead. And we pray this in your name. Amen.